Welcome in everybody to the Westside Sports Podcast. As I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If you this year is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, and much, much more. Today's podcast is going to be a trade deadline special. I got what the Mariners did today. I got a couple updates on overall Seahawks training ta- uh, training camp takeaways. I've got some around the world section, uh, some golf, an extension for a well-deserved baseball player, and uh, some Dolphins shenanigans going on in Vice City. And let's just start right into it. Let's just hop right into it, shall we? Around the world starts out with, obviously, the big trade that everybody's been talking about today. Juan Soto being traded from the Washington Nationals to the San Diego Padres, along with Josh Bell for prospects, including C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, and Mackenzie Gore are the headliners of that deal. There were a couple others along the way, but those are the main guys in that trade, the main pieces. Big trade, obviously, going from Washington to San Diego. One of the biggest trades I can remember in my life, honestly. It doesn't happen every day where you see a 23-year-old superstar become available on the free agent market. So, obviously, uh, I'm saying that a lot today, obviously. But I've been up for a while and had plenty of coffee today trying to keep up with all the trade deadline stuff in general. So, I apologize for the profusing use of words today. But, obviously, it's a big deal. Everyone talks about Juan Soto. I've been doing it for a couple of days now. Seems like it's been a year. But, the, finally, the Soto sweepstakes are done. Thankfully, done, done, done. No more talking about Juan Soto. It's uh, a dawn of a new age for Washington Nationals fans. They don't really have a reason besides for prospect, you know, upside and farm building to go to the ballpark, unfortunately, anymore. They don't really have that many good players left, unfortunately. And I feel really bad for Washington National fans. I've been there, seen it, felt it. It's not fun, but I'm there for you. The Dolphins, as I touched on in the opener, the little tease of this podcast, the tampering case is finally wrapped up. This is what happened, essentially. The Dolphins are talking to Sean Payton, 2019. They've talked to Tom Brady, 2019 and 2021. The rules are similar between the NBA and the NFL to where if you talk to somebody while they're under contract to another team or about joining their team, and if it comes to light or comes to fruition, that is tampering. And you cannot do that. And the NFL has brought down strict punishment upon the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been, uh, their draft picks of 2023, their first round, and 2024 third round picks have been removed. Owner Steven Ross has a $1.5 million suspension and is suspended also from the team activities until October 17th and is not no longer allowed to participate in league meetings. Kind of a weird caveat to throw in there. The fact that the Dolphins had a allegations, not allegations, they had a claim, a lawsuit from Brian Flores stating that they were tanking shows the dumpster fire that's been going on in Miami for a long time. First, uh, telling Brian Flores that he needs to quit to get Tua and that he doesn't want Tua. He wanted Justin Herbert and the organization forced them to draft Tua because they fell in love. Tua over Justin Herbert is another conversation for a different day, but... 
the Dolphins are just rotting from the head down right now. It's not great. I feel bad for Mike McDaniel, their new head coach. He's just walked into just like the house is on fire. There's no garden hose put out. There's no fire extinguishers. It's just it's just bad. It's not a good healthy culture or a football culture team to try and grow something with, especially as a rookie head coach. See what happens down there. Obviously, they traded for Tyree Kill. And they have Raheem Mostert as a running back now. So we'll see if they're able to do anything better than they did last year with this year with a new scheme and overall system. And uh, props to you. Good luck. See what happens. Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves received a 10-year, $212 million extension with the team this morning. Well-deserved as he will probably be the NL player of the week. Batting over 400. OPS over 1,300. Kids had an unbelievable month. He deserves every penny he's gotten. He's been nothing but a wonderful face of a franchise with him, Ozzy Albies, and obviously Ronald Acuna Jr. in Atlanta. So, well-deserved. I'm very happy for, for, for this young man. He's just a good role model and mentor for a lot of young kids in the Atlanta area. So, congrats to him. I'm not a big Braves fan. I like them winning the World Series last year, mainly because they beat the Astros, and I cannot stand the Astros, but I'm not going to go down that boulevard of broken dreams. LIV Tour, Live Tour, made a legitimate offer to Tiger Woods in the range of seven to $800 million, which he obviously declined because he is, quote, loyal to the sword, for a bare lack of a term or, an ex or a phrase, I should say. A lot of money. Tiger Woods, obviously his second half or second part of his career, he's on the downslide, but uh, he's still Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods brings attention, and he brings draws, and people want to watch, and they get views, and that's why they're trying to get him, and I don't blame them for doing it, but you're a dollar late and two days short when it comes to that one, Jack, so have fun with that live tour, and don't think about asking for Rory McIlroy, because I'm pretty sure he'll literally laugh in your face, and it's going to be recorded on some form of camera, because every person's got a camera these days, so don't try going on that one either, because it's just going to blow up in your face, and it's not going to be pretty for anybody whatsoever. Mariners today, obviously trade deadline, I got their acquisitions, I'm going to get into that in the second part of the Mariners segment today. I got pitching matchup for today, a couple roster moves, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about Marco Gonzalez and his future with this team, and I believe how he can still stay around even with his current struggles on the mound lately. Pitching matchup today is Logan Gilbert versus Jamison Tyone. I apologize for this podcast getting out late. The game is already going on, so I don't have any updates for you guys live, but I will get to that after this podcast is done and recorded for y'all. Jack Larson, who was brought up to Double A, has been sent back down. Uh, was sent up from Double A to replace uh, Julio Rodriguez, along with Jared Kelnick for uh, J. Rod's injury. Unfortunately, he was DFA'd today in order to make room for Travis Janikowski. That's a name, but uh, I'm assuming that Caleb Paul will be clear through waivers. If he doesn't, probably some team like Tampa Bay, maybe Pittsburgh will, will pick him up. Maybe he can get to the leagues a little bit sooner. He's a little bit older of a prospect for AA. He's almost 30 years old. So it's kind of a maker to break a point in his career. So I hope and cross my fingers and toes for that young man that he's able to get to the big leagues and pursue his dream versus being log jammed with what we have here in Seattle. I touched on Marco Gonzalez. And some people are going to agree. Some people are going to disagree. But I'm going to say what I have to say. 
Marco Gonzalez, the way he's going to stay with this team and for the future, is in a long relief role similar to Tommy Malone, what he's done. Unfortunately, Tommy Malone was DFA'd today in order to make room for one of their trade deadline acquisitions, which I will cover after my Marco Gonzalez. Uh, not a rant, but I just kind of want to do a little bit of a deep dive and analysis as to what I see coming out of Marco Gonzalez and what he's going to do here. Marco Gonzalez is a soft contact not a large amount of strike zone or strikeout based pitcher. He's going to rely upon his five pitch mix. He's going to confuse, frustrate you, and try and get you out of your own game and your rhythm at the plate, which is nothing bad by any sort or fashion of the mean. But overall, Marco, you've been such a good representative for this franchise, for the city, for the fan base, calling out Jerry DePoto, John Stanton, saying what other people just quite frankly didn't have the cojones to say. You know, we want to compete. We want to get to the playoffs, and you never seem to build a actual foundation that we can, you know, grow up from and prosper to greatness. Like the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, other teams go on from that point. Houston Astros even, even though I hate to even. Gross. Rinse my mouth. That was scope after that one. Lack of velo doesn't allow Marco to have much of a playing room or a uh, a saving grace, you, you, you could say. I love his bulldog mentality. We all do. The dude is tough as nails, has a great presence upon the mound. Uh, but in today's game... A lot of guys has got velo, and if you don't have velo, you're just not really going to stay around. You're going to get pushed around to, to, to a bullpen spot. They'll probably try and put you to a, to a different overall role. It's not going to be comfortable for you, kind of what Matt Brash had to do, but Matt Brash did it because he didn't have control. He's got the ability on his pitches, just not a lot of control, unfortunately. But, Marco, I want you to stay around, man. You've been around here for the whole ride. You and Mitch Hanniger are really good friends. And the last thing we want is a more upset Mitch Hanniger than we already do, which is not the organization's fault. He's just had a frustrating year due to injuries. The Jerry DePoto show will be out Thursday. I will have Mitch Hanniger updates when it comes to that. Luis Castillo will make his debut with the ball club tomorrow. So fingers crossed that him, uh, the matchup will be Luis Castillo versus Garrett Cole is the lined up pitching probable matchup. But I will have that for you guys tomorrow. Trade deadline acquisitions today. This is what the Mariners acquired. Kirk Casale is a backup catcher from the San Francisco Giants. Most likely will replace Luis Torrens on the active roster, uh, batting around 230 for, for the season. He's been on the injury list since July 6th due to an oblique strain. He has had three uh, games that he's played on a rehab stint in AAA from July 27th through the 31st. So that's a positive thing to see. Uh... Luis Torrens, you had a good season last year, man. No due disrespect to you, but you're not going to cut the cheese, not cutting the cheddar. And right now, we ain't got time to wait for you. We gave you a lot of road, a lot of time, a lot of a leash. And uh, you just kind of wasted your time, wasted your opportunity. And it's time for somebody to come in who can actually help the team and give Kyle Raleigh some well-needed days off because he has been grinding at the plate and he's tired. You can tell his swing's kind of laboring a little bit. And he needs time off. Second acquisition. In the same trade from, from the Giants, we acquired left-handed pitcher, starting pitcher Matt Boyd, who has been rehabbing from surgery due to a torn muscle in his forearm. Threw a 40-pitch bullpen last weekend. Uh, also, we're throwing one tomorrow as well to see where he is at in his progress from his rehab. 
most likely will be ready back by September as a call-up when the rosters expand. This shows that they don't have any what faith whatsoever in Justice Sheffield. Taylor Dollar just not ready. He did get uh, promoted to AAA, but uh, he's just been only for about a month or so, but he's just not quite ready. Needs more time, and that's perfectly fine because I don't want to rush people or rush kids bringing up to the big leagues when they're not ready for the, uh, the big brights and spotlight. And last acquisition today was Jake Lamb, third baseman, first baseman, left field, lefty bat from the Dodgers for cash considerations, 239 average, two home runs, four RBIs, 771 OPS. Probably will take Dylan Moore's spot on the roster or will compete for Dylan Moore's spot on the roster due to the fact Dylan Moore cannot swing a dang baseball bat to save his life. That's just a fact, and unfortunately, love Dylan Moore, love his defense, but we have guys like Sam Haggerty who are able to bring a similar defensive versatility, and that just kind of limits the upside when it comes to Dylan Moore. And if you can't hit in baseball, you ain't got a spot on roster, especially when teams are trying to uh, play for baseball and playoff contention. You're either on it or you're off. And right now, Dylan Moore is working his way off the roster. Sad. He's been around the team for a long time. Not going to say a fan favorite because he frustrates a lot of people because he can't hit. But when he hits the ball, it goes a long ways. Seahawks, a couple things I want to touch on real quick. And then we're going to hop out of here today. Uh, Drew Locke looked better Monday, Tuesday. More Tuesday than uh, than Monday. Continues to play with the second team overall. Drew, uh, Geno Locke. Or, wow, Geno Locke. That's a good one. Geno Smith. <laughs> Geno Smith continues to play first team reps with the team in general. During training camp, defense continues to be dominant. Uh, Daryl Taylor, DK Metcalf got into a little pushing match uh, today at practice, which was very hilariously narrated by uh, one of their previous offensive linemen, uh, Ray Roberts. He, it was really entertaining to watch. If you guys haven't checked that out, I would highly recommend it. Uh, Jake Curhan continues to get first team reps at right tackle. Um, Abe Lucas continues to get second team reps. Not... A huge surprising thing. I earlier was posting that the thought was maybe Abe Lucas would, would you know push him out of contention for that spot, but clearly that's not the case. Jake Curran is more savvy of a vet between the two, obviously more reps, more experience, all that good jazz. But uh, we'll see what Abe Lucas continues to bring throughout training camp. Unsung hero so far of training camp, and I didn't know much of anything about this guy before we signed him in the offseason. I'd heard his name a couple of times, but I had never watched him play. It was Josh Jones, who was a defensive back that we got as an un, uh, unsigned free agent from the New England Patriots. Has two interceptions already through training camp. Really just savvy, smart ball hawk moves. Artie Burns has been playing really well in the slot under the new system. Uh, under Sean Desai, which has been great to see. I like this co-scheme right now. Obviously, Clint Hurts running the show, but Sean's brought in a really nice, smart, intuitive thoughts and design for the DBs especially. That's his specialty in general. Kobe Bryant's been the star of training camp, really, I mean, in every fashion of the word star. He's been blocking passes for DK Metcalf, deflecting balls all over the place, just Continuing to play with the utmost savviness that you would not expect from a rookie corner, but he did win the Jim Thorpe Award winner as the best defensive back in the country next to Sauce Gardner Johnson. So we love to see that, especially coming out of the productivity that he's been doing during training camp, really pushing for that starting spot against Sidney Jones and other DBs in that group. First practice today was in full pads officially. So um, kind of see actual game speed. 
couple guys that jumped off the, the screen to me especially was uh, rookie running back Ken Walker the third. Just great hands coming out of the backfield. Good catching on wheel routes, a uh, couple of digs, mesh routes, screens, all that good jazz. Continues to be really, I've used the term explosive with him a lot during these podcasts, but he really is such a smooth, shifty, decisive runner. He reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taylor, so we'll see what happens with that. I can't wait for for preseason. The first preseason game is this week. It's a Hall of Fame game on Thursday, Jacksonville and somebody else. I apologize. I think it's Jacksonville and the Bears, but I could be wrong. And uh, kick return options so far during training camp have been DJ Dallas, Freddie Swain, Kate Johnson, and Kevin Cassis. I apologize if I have that last name wrong. It's a new name for me. I have not seen that yet, so I don't know if he's just a guy out on a tryout. But I will get more into that as we get to these next upcoming podcasts. And with that being said, that's today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I apologize for it coming out a little bit late today. I've just been really busy doing covering trade deadline for the Mariners. I got the trade deadline targets and acquisitions for you guys today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating, and just share this podcast on any platform possible. I really appreciate it. It helps me out a ton getting this podcast to be heard by as much or as many people as possible would be ideal and always possible. Thank you so much for listening. If there's anything you guys want me to cover and talk about for next podcast or anything in the general future, please let me know on my Facebook group, Sports in the Northwest. I will have a link up, uh, or not excuse me, a link, but a uh, post up on Facebook with the podcast for today. I will have a comment section forum down below where you guys can leave topics and conversations for upcoming events and podcasts and topics you want me to talk about. And as I always hop out here with saying, See us rise, and uh, now we're in football season, and it feels great to say, Go Hawks!